Thanks for tuning in to the Met Church Podcast. Here at the Met, we are all about connecting people to God and one another. If you have any questions or want more information about what's going on here at the church, then head to our website at metchurch.com. We would love to stay connected with you throughout the week through social media, so be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Now, enjoy the message. How are we doing? You doing good? Happy Mother's Day to everybody. Happy Mother's Day, Happy you guys. Happy Mother's Day. I know that you weren't expecting us, uh, and believe me, Bill wanted to be here this morning, but uh, he is taking care of his wife, Cindy. Uh, she took a fall, and she actually broke her arm in three places, mm-hmm. and uh, so they're at the hospital right now uh, as the doctors figure out the best way to, to treat her and treat her arm with her condition, as most of you uh, are aware of uh, a few years ago, Cindy was diagnosed with um, Huntington's chorea, which is a neurological disorder that there is no cure for. They can only treat the system, uh, symptoms, and so the doctors are figuring the best way to treat her arm and, and, and treat her condition at the same time. And so Bill is there as he should be, yes. and uh, he's there mm-hmm. with his daughter, Cindy, uh, Shannon, and, and Billy is there mm-hmm. as well. And so he just asks that you keep them in your prayers. And, and we thought before we actually get started, why don't we yep. just go ahead and pray for him right now? Dear Heavenly Father, we do know that you're over all things and that uh, you're in control of all things, and that's why we're lifting Cindy up to you right now, because we know that uh, she is best in your hands. And so, God, just watch over her and care for her. And, and God, we just ask for guidance for the doctors, that they know the right thing to do, the, to take not only care of her arm, but of, of her condition as well. And, and God, we're just coming to you this morning knowing that you're a big God, that you are the God of the impossible. And so God, if it's in your will, we're asking you to, to not just heal her arm, but heal her of this condition. God, we know you can do that, and so we're asking you for a, a big, big ask, for a big, big God. And so God, we're just giving her, giving her to you, and we're asking for a complete healing of this whole thing this morning. So be with her through this. And God, I just also wanna lift up Bill and, and Shannon and Billy and the entire family that you know, are going through this storm right now. And God, I just pray that you be their, their peace in the midst of this, that uh, you be their hope while they're waiting for, for the answers that they need to hear. And God, that you be their comfort through this trial. God, we know that you are all things to to all of us, and God, we want you to be all things to them at this time, so wrap your loving arms around them, and God, we just give you, we give you Cindy. We just lift her up to you, and we say that we want you to heal her, and we want her to be in your capable and loving hands, so God, again, we love you, we praise you, and we pray this all in Jesus' name, amen. 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 The family is really thankful for your prayers, and there's a time we all wish there was things that we can do, and you guys have lived through things like that as well. So I just want you to know they are so thankful and say that your prayers mean so much to them. So thank you for praying. It's been a rough year for Pastor Bill. Some of you may remember he lost his dad in September and his son, Billy, um, had a baby about 15 weeks ago. Evie and she has trisomy 18 and wasn't supposed to ever come into this world and she has and she's still with us. She's little and um, they know it's not a great outlook for her as well. So and we are just continuing to pray, but Bill's our pastor too um, for the staff, and he's been such a role model. I know you guys see him on the weekend, and you might think, 
this is just him from the stage, but it's not. The Bill you see on the stage is really the real Bill, and he's taught us all how to walk through a difficult circumstance and to trust God when it's not what we would choose, and to come out on the other side and our strength be thanked. Um, our faith be strengthened yeah. and to not lose it. So um, he's really been quite a role model for us, hasn't he? He really has. He really has. And I, I don't think it's a coincidence that we're in a series called Take Courage. I think God placed it on his heart to do this mm-hmm. um, because Bill understood that he's not the only one going through stuff. He knows that so many people in the church are dealing with uh, difficult circumstances. Mm-hmm. And this was a, a series for all of us. Mm-hmm. And uh, he also knew that Mother's Day was going to happen during this series. And I think he planned it out that way because when he was talking about taking courage, he was thinking about moms because moms face more challenges than anybody else. And, you know, as guys, sometimes we take uh, our wives and our moms, you know, for granted for what they do. But uh, moms face so many challenges. And you're a mom. You know what I'm talking about. It's quite a marathon, isn't it, moms? All the moms are going, yes, this is not for the the faint of heart. But um, when Rob and I were talking about, I guess, when did we find out Friday that Mm -hmm. we were going to talk so I I have a group I'm mentoring of eight ladies and I sent them a quick text at like 10 at night and said, tell me some of your greatest struggles and what you're going through. And I thought this would like be, take a few hours. Oh, it was like in three minutes, I had 10 responses. (laughs) Because as ladies, we don't have to think about this long, do we? These are the things that keep us up at night. And I wanted to read you um, some of the things that they said, because I think as moms that you're going to be able to relate to them. One of them said, she's... um, Phil's challenge with her job, balancing specifically her job, family, and the stress of it all and guilt of not doing enough for all of it. We get that, right? She says, one of them said, she just feels I'm not enough. That no matter how much time I put into this deal and know how much effort, I'm always failing somebody because I can't be at everything all at the same time. We understand that. Um, Struggling to balance life, trying to be everything to everyone, always being the one to hold everything together is a great Um, responsibility. Feeling like I'm failing at life, there's not enough time in the day to be successful in all I'm doing, especially my calling to be a mom. Always echoing in our ears. I feel like I'm failing my kids. I feel like I can't hold it all together. I'm afraid of raising kids who don't love Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's a new stress, isn't it, for us in, in the Christian world and as moms, we want our kids to love Jesus as much as we do. And we try, um, to emulate that for them. Struggling to find identity outside motherhood and questioning, is that really okay? Mm-hmm. Trying to juggle all the responsibilities of being a good wife, a good mom, a good friend, and a good daughter to ailing parents. Feeling guilty when I take time for myself, knowing if I don't, I won't have anything to give anyone else. And one said, I struggle at comparing myself to other mothers who have it all together and make it look so easy especially on social media. I'm like, you know that's not real, right? They just took a picture. Um, I know. But and we it's do. the best picture. <laughs> and they took many pictures. They took many that pictures. Was the best that was one. the best one. But we do. They have these great meals. They have their kids all dressed really great for a picture. And we're going, oh, that doesn't look like my family, right? Um, one of my favorite ones was she said, cooking is a stress, trying to make something other than basic chicken. Yeah, <laughs> we feel her pain, right? So this is what moms go through all the time. So I love that we're talking about courage because we're going to talk about what does that look like for us as as people, but especially as moms. Like I said, sometimes guys, we just take this for granted. I know the the challenges that my mom faced raising me. I think she did a pretty good job doing that. So thank you, mom. She's a cancer survivor. I know the challenges Mm -hmm. that that she went through. And I I think about my my wife as well. Mm 
and the sacrifices that she made. Uh, she was, had her own career. She was president of a company and she stepped down to, to raise our kids and homeschool our kids and, and be a part of that. And there were many, many challenges that she's faced through the years, but she's always risen above those challenges. And that's what this series is, is about. It's about getting over those things that could take you under and that we need to take courage for that. And you and I can take courage because of the fact that Bill gave us his notes before <laughs> he'd actually done the message. So we get to, we get to use Bill's notes to, to make this happen. So that helps, gives us a little bit of courage to be up here. But last week, that's what he started, uh, started with. He's talked about storms. He's doing the story of Peter walking on water. And remember, he talked about the fact that it was, it started with Jesus preaching and teaching to the multitudes of people. And uh, he sees the need that's out there, that these people are there listening, but they're hungry and they need to be fed. And so he's looking to his disciples to say, hey, guys, we got to feed these people. They need, need something. I mean, can't y'all like call Domino's or something, get some pizzas in here. We need to take care of these people. And they're going, no, we can't do anything. And we just need to send them home. And Jesus is going, no, no, no. We're not sending them home. And he, um, he takes five loaves of bread, two fish, and he multiplies that. He multiplies that and he feeds the, the thousands. The Bible said he fed the 5,000, but we know that the Bible only counted the men. And so we were thinking it's anywhere from 12 to 15,000 people. And he said to fed them all with just that small amount and there was leftover, the leftover. See, right there in front of everybody, Jesus did the impossible. He did the impossible, and that's who he was. He was revealing himself to every one of us that he did the impossible. And he takes it, tells his disciples at the end of the day that they need to get in a boat and they need to sail across the Sea of Galilee. And he was gonna meet up with them later. He was gonna go up into the mountain to, to, to pray. And when they get out into the middle of the, the sea, they hit this storm. They hit this storm. Now remember that, that uh, Jesus is God and God is omniscient, which means that Jesus is all-knowing. So when Jesus had him get into the boat to go out there, he knew what they were going to encounter. And what you need to understand is sometimes God is going to send you right into the midst of a storm because it's when you're in those storms that you actually know where your faith is. See, it's the testing of your faith that just sees how strong your faith is. And that's what was happening to him. Yeah, and we know every storm prepares us for the next storm, right? And what are we doing during those storms? And have we... As Bill's been a, a great example for us, are we drawing on our strength from God or are we just letting the winds toss us and, and the circumstances toss us? So I was thinking about what could we do to put our mind um, that we're able to prepare ourselves for the storms coming. And Bill had these verses last week, so we decided to show these one more time. And, and as I counsel people, I tell them all the time, have a bunch of scriptures written down. Let that be the last thing that you dwell on at night before you go to bed. If you watch the news, oh my word, you're gonna have nightmares, right? So <laughs> dwell on God's word, pick some verses. If you don't already have some, these are great ones. When you leave each week, you get a verse on the way home. I save a bunch of those and pull those up and read. So let's go through the verses. Second Corinthians 4, 17 says, for momentary light affliction is producing for all us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. Thanks, one's James 1, 2, and 4. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith yes. produces endurance and let endurance have its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And Hebrews 6, 19. And through all of life's storms, I really love this one, we have hope. We have this hope that it's, a, it's an anchor for the soul, firm and secure, so we can dwell on that, knowing that, and have 
peace in a storm, which is a little bit hard. It was raining the other night, did y'all hear? It was like, uh -huh. not last night, but night before. And I was thinking, because we were talking about this, of what would it have been like to be in that storm outside in a boat? Right. We're in a house and we hear things, but it was really a dangerous place for them. And how do you have peace in that circumstance? And Bill shared this acronym as well. So it's a great place for us to, to try to place our strength in is providence, his purpose brought me here. Entreaty, his prayers protect me here. Assurance, his presence comes to me here. Comfort, his power enables me here. And expectation, his promise assures me here. So we can, we have the ability, we're gonna talk about that too, to have the Holy Spirit and the strength within us let us have peace in the midst of horrible storms. That's it. And I think when you, when you look at this, you realize the fact that peace isn't something that you make yourself. Mm -hmm. This is all his, his mm -hmm. purpose, his prayers, his presence, his power, his promise. And it's clinging to Jesus in this time. And what I, what I loved what he talked about was the fact that the word comfort here, when you look at the Greek of it, it's actually with strength. And it's meaning you can go through things because you have his strength. Mm. That's what comfort means, that he's giving you comfort in the midst of all that you face because he's with you and he's gonna see you through all things. And so today we wanna continue this story in, in Matthew 14 and, and remember what we're taking place is the, the, the disciples are in the boat, they're, they're halfway out in the, in the middle of the Sea of Galilee, they're in the middle of a storm, they can't go back, they're rowing as fast as they can and the waters are flying everywhere and who shows up but Jesus? And he says this, it says, when the disciples saw him, Jesus, Jesus, walking on the water, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said. And they cried out in fear. And this is something I think all of us go through because here's what's interesting about this. They just spent all day with Jesus. But here in the midst of a storm, in the midst of this challenging experience they were going through, they didn't recognize him. And how many times do you go through things? How many times are you in the middle of a problem or in the middle of a difficulty? and you don't recognize that Jesus is there with you. You think you've gotta to try to overcome this as well, and you just see almost Jesus as another obstacle coming at your way. Here's a ghost. And we kind of just put our hand to Jesus. And this is what the, was happening right there, but what does Jesus say? He says, guys, take courage, it is I. Hey, it's me, it's me. You know, the guy that you were just with that, that did the impossible, that fed the thousands upon thousands of people when you thought that there was nothing we could do, it's me. It's me, the guy that was within you, in the boat with you the last time you were on the sea when a storm came up and you were so scared and you woke me up and I calmed the sea, it's me. It's the same guy, I'm right there. I'm the guy who is standing on the very thing that you're afraid of. He says, don't be afraid, because I'm there, but we are. We get so fearful every time we face something that we feel that we're not in control anymore. That when we face a situation that is bigger than we are, and what we end up doing, we become afraid because we forget what he did in the past. And that's what happened. They forgot how Jesus had been with them all the time through all of the struggles they'd faced. And Jesus is with you through everything you've faced. And he's telling you, don't be afraid. And then Peter uh, uh, talks up and he says, Lord, if it's you, replied him, he said, tell me to come to you on the water. Now, I think this is the craziest part of the whole story. Because if you're me and I see Jesus, I'm not asking to get on the water. I'm saying, calm the storm, Jesus. 
<laughs> Make everything nice and easy, nice and easy. But uh, obviously, Peter's a lot more spiritual than I am because I'd just rather him take care of everything and make it nice and easy. But Peter realizes, you know what? It's more important for me to be close to Jesus than anything else. That in the middle of what I'm going through, it's more important for me to get close to him. And that's what he does. It says, then uh, Peter got up out of the boat and he walked on the water and came towards Jesus. And I think that's the thing that we have to think about is do you realize that in the midst of what you're going through, that it's more important for you to draw closer to Jesus and do whatever you can to lean on him through this are you gonna stay in the safety of trying to figure out everything on your own? And I think it takes a lot of faith to trust Jesus to take care of it, right? He had Jesus in the physical, mm -hmm. but for him and for us today, sometimes my mind, how about you guys, I'm a doer of, I think I can fix this myself. I, I think I could probably take care of it, but it takes a lot of faith to go, okay, I'm really gonna put this in God's hands and I'm gonna trust him. Um, but what does that courage look like? So I looked up in the Greek, the, that word in this specific verse, encourage, this is what it meant. The, the Greek word is derseo, and it's kind of like any other language. There's not one word that represents this word. There's many to be able to describe it. And I love what this says about courage. It really spoke to me. I think it will to you as well. It said, it refers to God bolstering the believer, empowering them with a bold inner attitude. It is the result of the Lord infusing his strength, not giving us more strength. He's infusing his strength into us by his inworking of faith. So this is where our faith comes from. And it says, showing this unflinching bold courage means living out the inner confidence that is spirit produced. So when Jesus said, take courage in his eye, this is what he was saying. He wasn't saying, you know, pull up your bootstraps and try harder. He was saying, I want you to be relying on um, the strength that I'm giving you. So just as Peter had Jesus there in the physical, if we are believers and we have accepted Jesus as our savior, then his spirit comes and lives within us. So if you are not a believer, and we have people all the time mm -hmm. who say, I'm not a believer, I don't really know, I'm kind of checking this thing out, and we welcome them to come Amen. to church because we want you mm -hmm. to hear what God's word says. But here's a reason for you to accept Jesus. Besides getting to spend eternity um, in heaven, you have this spirit within you that is going to empower you to think like God, to have the strength that he gives you. And that comes from a relationship with him. So he's not just saying, take courage, be strong, go out and do this. He's saying, I want you to press into that faith of the, of the spirit of God that is living in within you, that is going to enable you to do the thing that you can't do. So I'm wondering for you, have you had a situation in your life or something that was really difficult that you don't know how you made it through it without relying on the strength of God. Mm. And I was talking to a, a girl in our staff um, a couple of days ago and she was just sharing the story with me when she was in college that she had made some bad decisions and had kind of swayed a little bit away from the Lord and some bad things had happened and sometimes in bad things, don't we go nowhere else to go? Okay, yes. God, I need you now, right? Um, I'm that person, I kind of by the fire of, oh, I better get my life back in, in line. We understand that. I see my mother over there. Don't shake your head yes. She's like going yes. Um, of, yes, I'm that strong-willed person. But she had really given her life back to the Lord. She started memorizing scripture, spending some time reading God's word. She, every day she was praying and she really felt like she was in such a great place with God after a few months. And she was driving home on the highway and it was raining and her car stopped. 
So she kind of pulled over and she was praying, okay, God, you know, I've given my life back to you. I know you have great things ahead for me. I'm not going to let this get me down. I'm not going to be afraid here. And a guy pulls up in a truck and knocks on her window and says, are you okay? And is there something I can do to help you? And she said, yes, you know, my car won't start. And he said, well, can I come in your car and I'll look at the gauges with you? Okay, young girls, no. We don't let a guy in the car. I'm going to go ahead and say that's never a good idea, but she was thinking this was a good thing. And he got in the car with her and he told her that he was going to abuse her and do some horrible things to her. And she said, Mary, I don't, and she's a soft-spoken, sweetest girl. You wouldn't think this was her. And she said, I don't know where it came from, this courage came from. But she said, you know what? No, you're not doing any of that stuff that you think you're doing. I'm a child of God. And I want to tell you who God says I am. And God sent his son Jesus to die for me. And if you don't know him, she just starts telling him the gospel. And she tells him, and there are angels surrounding this car, I'm telling you right now. So you better just get out. And he did. And he got out and she locked the door really quick. <laughs> yes. We're like, yes. And she prayed. She turned that ignition and her car started. And she drove off and she said, I'm going to tell you something. When God shows up like that in your life, you are never the same. And I knew God said, okay, do you get it now? I believe in you. I'm taking care of you and I'm going to empower you to do what you need to do. So I can't explain all of that. I don't, my, my rational head, how does that really happen? I don't know, but it happened. And so I think sometimes we need to trust a little bit more in God and what he's going to do for us than in ourselves. We have that courage infused right. in us with the Holy Spirit. We do. And I think what happens is it's not until we realize that God is our only option yeah. that we make it an option. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that you have to realize that in life, if you could get to that in all of your circumstances to realize that God is your only option. You're picking the right option mm -hmm. right off the bat. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we wanna do. We wanna give you three quick things about what you need to do if you're gonna take courage no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through. And the first thing that you gotta do is there's some fear you gotta get out. There's some fear you gotta get out. Fear paralyzes us, isn't it? And fear is, is, is a tool that Satan uses to get you to think that you're not good enough that you're not strong enough, that you're not able to do anything to overcome anything you face. And we've got to realize that when we're going through this and when we feel these, this kind of emotion and we feel like that uh, we're just powerless, that uh, this isn't coming from God. Second Timothy 1.7 says, for God gave us a spirit, not of fear. God didn't give us this, this fear that we're feeling. This is coming from Satan. This is listening to the wrong thing. When you, when you are experiencing fear in the middle of a circumstance, it's because you're focused on the wrong thing. Because it says, but God gave us the, uh, the, the spirit of power and of love and a sound mind. You've got to realize that God will give you all you need to get through what you need to get through. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. It's not my strength that I have to use to get through it. It's God's strength. And God promises to give us that strength when we draw to him. That he gives us the spirit of love. See, what happens, you're forgetting the fact that God loved you so much that he sent his son to die on the cross for you. And when you realize that he loves you that much, why would he not be with you through what you're going through now? 1 John 4, 18, it says that perfect love cast out all fear. When you cling to the love that God has for you, you know he's gonna see you through all things. That's why you draw to him. And it says in having a sound mind. What is having a sound mind? It's getting rid of that stinking thinking. Mm -hmm. 
It's getting rid of that, that thinking that, that God won't be here for you. I know he was there for me in the past. I know he did this for me in the past, but he's not gonna be for, uh, with me now. Yes, God is always with you. Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. And he's gonna see you through those things. And you're gonna have to get past those fears because it's those fears that you hold on to. Those fears that you hold on to that you're gonna have to let go of and realize that God has something better for you. Yeah, and fear, like Rob was saying, cripples us from doing the things that we're called to do. And we all have fears, sometimes healthy fears, right? But we have fears that really, um, we have things we know we're called to do, but we're afraid to not do it because of that fear. So to get the fear out, we're gonna have to replace it and put something else in. So I think it's really, we talked about this a little bit earlier, is it's having God's word someplace that's gonna really um, empower you and to think new thoughts, to have a new perspective. And I've been having a front row seat to this for about the last year. I have a girl I've been walking with and there's a small group of us. And um, she told us early on the story that she was abused when she was a very young girl. And most of her life has been spent in fear. Fear of the person who did it, fear of around every corner, is there somebody else? And what all this has meant in her life. And now she's a mom and she's afraid for her kids. And this fear has really crippled her life. So. As she began telling her story to us and we loved her through it and God loves her and talked about um, that God says she's pure and he has great things ahead for her and she started taking that in and we've read books and memorized verses and at the end of this year, she was just recently sharing of that now she's gonna have to be in a situation where she's gonna have to face the person who abused her and she said, I'm telling you a year ago, I couldn't have done it. But because of the strength of our group and the people around who have encouraged her to just exactly this, and I love this verse of that she has a sound mind and she has the spirit of God living within her and she doesn't have to listen to the lies of the enemy. But part of it was telling her story because all um, lies love dark, right? And begin to possess you. So as she started bringing light, now she's sharing her story. She's telling other people and it's been a massive um, vision of freedom. It's really super, super exciting. And it's been awesome to watch and see what she did when she got the spear out of her. That's it. And you have to remember, we're going back to the story of Peter. He was the only one that was willing to get out of the boat. Mm-hmm. See, the other disciples couldn't get past their fear and stayed in the boat. And so many people think about this, the circumstances overwhelming them so much that they're not willing to do what is necessary to get past those things. And that's why you've got to get some fear out. You've got to realize that no, God is with you. It was Jesus who was calling them out of the boat, but only one was willing to, to get out and do that. And the second thing you've got to do is, is get, there's some people to get past. And when we talk about fear, it, it, most of the time it's because of words that were spoken over you and, and in you and to you by so many people. And uh, we hold on to that. And we, we talked about that earlier that, that uh, unfortunately we hold on to the negative more than we hold on to the positive. That we hear those negative thoughts and we start thinking that's us. And why, what you've got to start learning to do is, is kind of take the words that are spoken to you and you've got to run them through the, the Bible. Romans 10, 17 says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. See, your faith, your trust in God comes from the fact that, that he loves you and he uh, wants the best for you. And so when somebody's pouring something into your life, saying these untruths, you've got to line it up with scripture. And don't believe the lies that somebody's telling you. That when you don't think you're strong enough, when you don't think you can get through this, when you don't think you can step out of the boat to get closer to Jesus, yes, you can. Mm -hmm. 
what they're telling you are lies and you've got to get past it. And I know that Peter was having to do the same thing because here in the, in the boat, you've got, he's the only one who gets out. And you got to remember, remember doubting Thomas is in there, one yeah. of the disciples, he doubted everything. He was probably saying, this is a bad idea. This is a bad idea. I know it's bad in the boat, but it's not going to be worse out there. Let's don't be doing this. Stay where you are. You got the, the sons of thunder. Who, James and John, his best friends. Best friends who, who really thought they, if anybody could do it, they could do it. And if yeah. they're not willing to do it, it's a dumb idea for you to do it. Now, you know that he's hearing all this, yeah. but he's realizing that it's more important for him to get close to Jesus than to stay in the boat with somebody else. And you've got to realize the same thing and you've got to get past those words. When I think of words, I, I think about the story of, of David and Goliath. And it's one of my, my, my favorite stories. But if you read that story, you realize all the things and the people he had to get past before he killed Goliath. Remember when he first uh, goes to the Valley of Elah where they were uh, facing Goliath and he sees his brother, uh, Iliad. And Iliad goes, what are you doing here? You have no business being here. Go back and tend to the sheep. You shouldn't be here. This is where the soldiers to be. This is nothing for you. But he didn't listen to him and he stays there. And he says, I know none of you will go down and fight Goliath, but I will. And so they put him in front of King Saul and Saul looks at him and goes, you're a kid. You can't do this. You won't do this. But he ends up doing it anyway. And he goes down into the valley and the first thing he does, he hears the words of Goliath that is laughing at him. Tell him, I'm gonna crush you. That it's gonna be over just like that. And what does he say to him? He says, on this day, I'm gonna cut off your head. He said, I'm gonna, on this day, I'm gonna cut off your head. I'm not gonna listen to what somebody else has said. And then he says this great line, and this is the thing that I want all of you to hold on to. He says, because the battle is not mine, the battle is the Lord's. See, he wasn't looking at himself to defeat what he was going after. He was saying, God's gonna do it. And you've got to listen to those, get past those naysayers, get past those people that are telling you can't and realize that what you're going through now is not your battle, it's the Lord's. You give it to him and the God is gonna fight for you. And that's what happened. He cuts his head off. I love this. We gotta get past these things. <laughs> and it's just a great example of the people that you surround yourself and align yourself will dictate much of what you do, who you become, and ultimately your relationship with God. Mm -hmm. If you have people around you who are saying, mm, I don't think that's a really good idea. Mm, I'm not sure that that's ethical. Or do you have people going, oh, nobody will know. That's why we're so passionate about at this church you getting involved in a group, a small group, we call them life groups here. Mm -hmm. And it's a great place for you to come and be with people who are gonna have the same mindset as you and point you towards God, how we do that at the Met is through Rooted. So if you've not taken Rooted, that's your first step. And it's easy, it's just a 10 week class that we do on Sunday nights. Um, our next one starts in June. Mm -hmm. And it would be a great opportunity for you to see who God is and we go through some specific things about who God is and then who he says you are and the things that you're called to do. So I know that's a little intimidating. So we try also to have monthly events for you to come in and try out, get to know some people. This Friday night, we have a super exciting thing going on for guys. This is the last weekend to sign up. So if you haven't signed up, we're having man night and they're having ax throwing. Yeah crazy things. I know. All the girls, <laughs> we're going to let the guys go. They're going to have a good time. But Josh Durden, who is a retired army ranger, is going to come talk about who the military told him as a man he should be. And then once he got into church, he realized a lot of that wasn't really true and who he should really be, who should be as a husband, who he should be as a dad. So come, come be with us and start learning and align yourself with people who are gonna encourage you to be all that God wants you to be. That's it. I, I, I've 
been in a life group, I think, for 12 years. We've had, we've had our group together, and, and they pour into us. And you need to have people that are pouring um, things that get you closer to God, people that are there to pray for you for what you're going through, there, to, to, to hold you up with what you're going through. So we don't just say these things because we want you to do something. We're actually saying this because this is best for you. And when you look at your circle, are the people that you hang with, the people that you're closer, closest with, are they bringing you closer to God? Are they helping you get out of the boat to go where God has called you to go? Or are they just telling you to stay back with everybody else? You gotta think about those things. And finally, the third thing that you need to do is there's some things you have to get over. The Bible says that when, when, when Peter was stepping out of the water, he actually had to step up over the side of the boat. This was a decision that he had to make. This was an obstacle. And you think about that very first step I mean, it's one thing of, of realizing, you know, I'm, I'm about to step into something that doesn't make sense, that I'm about to walk on something that doesn't make sense. And he had to take that step over. And so many times that we're faced with different obstacles in our lives that we have to get over, we have to get past, but we're scared to take that very first step of doing that. And uh, I love this verse here. It's, it's one of my little life verses that I love. It's, uh, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And uh, this is the Apostle Paul talked about this. Remember, Paul is the guy who, who uh, started off hating Christians and he thought Christians were the worst thing in the world and he d did everything he could to kill as many Christians as possible until he became one. And now he's planting churches all around the Mediterranean rim and uh, he's, a, he's afflicted with this ailment. They call it a thorn in his side. And he prays to God three times. He's praised him and said, can you just take this away from me? You can take this away from me. And God says, no, I'm not gonna do it, but my grace is sufficient for you that I can give you everything you need to overcome any obstacle you face. That, that when you realize and you start relying on me and everything that you're going through and everything that you're dealing with, that my power is gonna be made perfect when you finally realize that you need me. Mm -hmm. And that's why you've gotta do in your life as well, that God is gonna help you get over the very things that you think are impossible. And I know everybody here has something that they probably are struggling to get over or have gotten over. We have a huge demographic right now that has cancer and two people came up to me after service and were mm -hmm. telling me that they're still struggling and things are coming back. And um, there's power in us as a church in praying. We talk about that too and, mm -hmm. and coming to terms with that. But, but we have to rely on God's word and understand that his grace is sufficient and that he'll get us through. And I think for me as a mom, since it's Mother's Day, I'll tell you one of the hardest things for me to get over is watching a child suffer. How about you guys? I can do it all day long, but um, it's really hard when you watch a child suffer. And our son Garrison, we knew early on he was dyslexic. He was diagnosed when he was really young. And um, so we had a lifetime of testing and because um, in Texas, we take a lot of state tests, right? So constantly he's being told that he doesn't measure up and there was a lot of emotional struggles for him of feeling like he was okay and mm -hmm. um, a lot of homework, a lot of struggles that he had to try really, really, really hard and other kids didn't and he felt that comparison of all of that. And I remember when he was a junior in high school, he had to retake, they would have to go do these two day long testing to be able to get um, extra time on test and things that he would need. And so he had to go back to the diagnostician and take these long tests again. And he said, mom, is dyslexia curable? And I said, no, baby, it's not curable. He goes, then why do I keep taking tests? I'm like, yeah, mouth of babes, right? I don't know, you just have to. So um, it was super hard, but I will tell you, he's 27 now, 
on the backside of it, who's who he is today because of that struggle in his life. And I think as parents, we want to bubble wrap our kids and we don't want them to ever struggle. We don't want them to ever have a problem, but they're not going to be the people that God wants them to be if they have not struggled with anything. He learned a lot of really good skills. And I will tell you, he has the heart he has today because he struggled most of his life with that. He is always the one to help the hurting dog or the broken bird with the wing in the back. All of that, that is him. And he's quite the salesman because he had to learn to talk his teachers into grades early on. We took a lot of cookies to the teachers and Starbucks and all that kind of stuff. And um, even to graduation, driving to the University of Arkansas, we were hoping he graduated because he had to go talk a prof into a grade, which he did. And he graduated. So... (laughs) We're super proud of him. He just sent me a text and his sister rolls her eyes and he's, this is what the salesman is. He said, greatest day of the year, Mother's Day. I love this day. I'm like, yeah, he's a salesman. Um, he's learned all of that. Um, but I say that to you, if you're, if you're going through something difficult or if your child is, trust God with it. Mm-hmm. Have the courage that he wired us all exactly how we are and he has a purpose. We don't always, we're looking at the, at the earth purpose, right? That's not God's purpose. God's purpose is what are we doing for eternity and how are we drawing other people to him? So so have a bigger vision, have God's vision of what that could be for you. That's good, yeah. I'm right there with you. My Mm -hmm. my daughter has dyslexia. Mm -hmm. And um, actually, it was actually a great day for her when she found out she had dyslexia because she thought there was something wrong with her. And when she was diagnosed with it, and that actually became uh, her verse with my grace is sufficient for you and realized that God was uh, gonna see her through through all things. And, and she's doing great things now. She's over in, in youth and uh, she sings, even though that it's hard to read the teleprompters because she can't <laughs> to make that happen and they have her do verses, but she's doing this. And uh, last weekend, Casey, um, one of the volunteers that preaches now came up to her and said, you know, thank you so much for what you do because my daughter has uh, dyslexia. And I tell her about you, mm-hmm. that you, you've overcome this, that you're standing up there and do it and she can too. And I think that's the idea is that mm-hmm. when we overcome things, we actually can inspire other people to do what we're doing. There's three things that real quick, just as before we go, this, you have to go back and remember, is that when the disciples were in the boat, they were in the middle of the, the Sea of Galilee, and Jesus was their only option. And that's what you have to look at in life, is to realize that he is your only option. He is your only option. And you have to ask yourself, why did Jesus decide to walk on water? Why was he walking on water? And I think he walked on water because he wanted them to see that he was standing on the very thing that they were afraid of. He was standing on the very thing that they thought was gonna take him under. And what he was saying is, you can walk on the things that you're fearful for. You can walk on your circumstances and get closer to me. And that's what he was having Peter to do. And that's what he's saying to every single one of you. Whatever you're going through, you can walk on those things and get closer to me. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I want you to take more than anything else is remember at the very beginning of the story is they were fearful when they saw Jesus. They thought he was a ghost. And why? Because they weren't looking for him. Are you looking for him in your circumstance? Are you looking for him to get you through whatever you're going through? because he wants to be there for you and he will do that. Well, let's close. And I would like all the moms to stand and I just wanna pray a quick prayer over you. 
And as we dismiss today, we just, we're so thankful for you. We're thankful that you're in our church. We're thankful that God has called you to raise up the next generation to know him and to mentor. And maybe there's some here who aren't a physical mom, but maybe you are a teacher or a coach of some sort and you are mothering. We're thankful for you as well. So let's pray. God, we love you so much. Thank you for each lady that's here, Lord. And I know you have a special calling on her life and I know that you love her so much. And I know you formed her exactly the way that she is. She's enough. Mm-hmm. You've called her to be in her situation and her sphere of influence with her neighbors and her, her work and her family, wherever that you will have her go, Lord. I know she'll be carrying the torch of you. She'll be um, telling other people to take courage and to have the spirit that is infused in her that gives her the strength to know that you have a plan for them and have a plan for their lives, Lord. And I just pray right now a special protection around each and every mom here, Lord. Would you um, protect her family, protect her marriage, protect her, her kids, um, her everything about her, Lord. We know that um, we live in a world that desires to take us down, Lord. And um, I know that's not happening today because you're on the throne. Lord, and we worship you and we, we give our lives to you. We wanna be your vessels and we wanna be women who, um, who have a higher calling and who call people to you. Um, I just bless each lady here, bless our day-to-day, Lord, as we spend time with our families. And maybe we're not even with our families. Maybe it's a picture. Or a, it's somebody who's already gone to heaven, Lord. Help us have memories um, that will warm our hearts, Lord. And we love you in Jesus' name, amen. You guys have a wonderful day and we'll see you back next week. Thank you so much for tuning in today with us. If you have any questions or prayer requests, please contact us so that we can follow up with you this week by visiting metchurch.com. We look forward to seeing you again next week.